Total Soccer Show and an episode we are devoting entirely to a story about a collection of dysfunctional millionaires with a highly controversial patriarch with big reach into geopolitics and who are supposed to act like a family, but they didn't really get the memo on that, and who are definitely not serious people. No, we're not talking about Paris Saint-Germain. We're talking about Succession. Crossover episode, people. Yes, we are putting together our Succession 11s in this episode. We're building teams who will dominate like ATN in swinging the presidential race, who will take advantage of small spaces and opportunities like Tom Wamsgan's spotting an opening, who will stay in their roles under pressure like Jerry, who will attack like Lucas Matson pulling off an acquisition, and who will go into defensive mode like Kendall accidentally murdering someone. Oh, duck. This episode will try its best to be succession spoiler free, but we may spoil your opinions on TSS and soccer in spoiler general. Spoiler alert, you just failed. <laughs> yeah, be warned on that one. I may have gone too far already. My name is Ryan Gojo Bailey. Joining me today, we have Taylor Waystar Rockwell. Hello, Taylor. Hello, my friend. It's, uh, it's a fun one we've got here. I'm not sure who yeah, came off worse out of Gojo or Waystar. We'll uh, maybe discuss that later. But joining us, we've got Graham Roman Ruffin. Graham, wait, wait, what a second. What, what are these photos you just sent me from across the boardroom table? Are they meant for me? How did you get your I'm leg no, I'm now doing the face. I'm now doing the face. <laughs> If you've Excellent. seen Succession, you know the face. The face. Oh, yeah. And if you've been on the internet, you know the face as well. Now, a little bit of housekeeping. As I say, we're going to try not to be too spoiler-tastic in this one. But if you haven't seen Succession, this one's probably not entirely for you, listener. But we enjoy your company all the same. Also worth noting that Taylor has been racing to finish Succession <laughs> as we've got... Sensational. <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's watched about 100 hours of TV in a day. Yeah. So, Taylor, would you like to tell the boys and girls how much succession you've watched in the last week? I'm so tired. I'm so tired. <laughs> uh, there are certain shows that you should binge. I don't think succession is one. You can. But if you all are like me, when you binge a show, like aspects of it start to rub off or appeal more. And, and I don't think any part of the Roy family is is something to be admired or to, to, to like desire but i i definitely have noticed myself saying f off like just out loud to myself or in my notes more often i i said it like three different times watching a game the other day but yeah i had watched the first two seasons uh and then i started watching the third season i think maybe like 48 to 56 hours ago and it, it's been a whirlwind i still have a couple episodes to go so some of your references have already fallen upon deaf ears Ooh. but i will just laugh right through them because uh i do love this show uh even if it gives me anxiety and even if <laughs> like nathan for you it makes me have to watch it like through sort of like fingers like oh, covering yeah. my eyes because it's just so cringy at times yeah taylor did you also like listen to all the podcasts and read all the no. think pieces after every article like i like i uh like i did or do no see and normally i would uh, i didn't and i actually did it on purpose this time because i have heard previously that if you do that with certain shows if you don't have that week to dissect every little thing it's more enjoyable because you're not then having the time to pick apart like, wait, she forgot about the Iron Fleet? That doesn't make any sense. If you're just sort of <laughs> rolling with the narrative, uh, then you don't pause to think about some of maybe the flaws along the way. Uh, and no, I've tried to keep it sort of uh, as I understand it. Maybe also part of that was time constraints. I will end up going back and reading all of the Reddit threads and listening to all of the podcasts about it and then probably rewatching it for 
a little more detail. But I hope I've got enough to be adequate on this one. I think you've probably watched enough to certainly build a quality 11, Taylor. We look forward to hearing it. But just, yeah, we, we know you haven't got to the alien invasion or the bit where Eric Trump wakes up and it was all his dream. That's to come in another couple of episodes for you. So you look forward to those parts of it. Um, yeah, Eric... Trump's would be like if they were all Sesame characters, Sesame Street characters, then that would make sense. I did also, I've heard that Billions is like succession light. So I did toy with the idea of beginning this by just talking about Billions characters, a show I've never seen, uh, but just really throwing you all off with like, wait, what did you watch? What's happening now? But no, I'm, I'm prepared. I think I've got everything. Like when Joe thought succession was severance, he watched the wrong show. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, Adam Scott's my goalkeeper. I've seen a lot of Billions, Taylor. What's the show with, uh, where Vinny Chase will, will or won't do the movie what's that one called uh entourage Entourage. it's entourage but oh yeah it's an equally as dumb as entourage but quite watchable as well is how i describe billions very good very few things are as dumb as entourage so Mm. that's uh that's a low bar my friend it's up there but it's still very watchable i would say i recommend it maybe we'll do a billions 11 one day taylor uh sorry graham before we get into our 11s why is succession great and we know your opinions if you're a patreon listener we know your opinions on ted lasso for example conversely why is succession great So I just think it's one of the greatest TV shows of the last 10 years. Like, the writing is very tight and the dialogue. I think there's something very kind of British in the sensibilities of the dialogue. Like, Jesse Armstrong, his background, for anyone who doesn't know, is like British comedies. He wrote Peep Show. He worked with Amanda Iannucci on uh, The Thick of It and In The Loop and a few other shows. And, And maybe some of those shows didn't break through in America, but they were huge in the UK. And while they are very different shows, the the dialogue and how funny it is and how quick it is and the quips are borrowed from those kind of shows. So I think that appeals to me. Um, I just think it's sensational entertainment. I think I like the way it kind of holds a mirror up to society and American society and wealth. And and I I think it's a show that says something which is what I like about it. You know, there are other shows that is just bubblegum TV and I like bubblegum TV. You know, I will do work while I'm watching bubblegum TV and I'll just stick that on. I don't have to pay that close attention. For me, Succession was like appointment viewing because I had to absorb not just the the plots, but like what it was saying about things. I I actually watched like every episode either twice or three times and then I would listen to podcasts, and then I would read about it. I was properly obsessed with it, particularly towards the end. Wow. So yeah, this is this is one of my favorite shows. I think I agree with everything Graham said. I would add, it reminds me of Veep in that the characters sort of change from the beginning of the show to the end of the show, but not really. And because of that, you don't have those one season is this huge swing about this character becoming this person and how great they are, but now we've got a new season so they've actually unlearned all of that. And next season is about them learn. Like, like I think kind of characters stay who they are, which I think is reflective of growing up in an abusive household, as all of the kids did. And so I think their trauma is there. The, uh, the joke, I forget what show it is that the theme song should just be like, who gets daddy's love? Like, who gets daddy's love? Like, it's, it's pretty, I think I did Game of Thrones instead of the succession theme problems but I, I think it's pretty representative of what that would be like and then the idea that these billionaires that i think are are often so venerated and, and so just sort of expected to be geniuses and like oh they must be handling things on a on a different level i can't imagine it's just like no the the most i think my favorite scene of the entire show i did not rewatch the first season uh but 
the the scene in which uh, cousin Greg is trying to get into the building and they can't find him because he's in the system as Greg Roy and not Greg Hirsch. And and he has the line as all of them walk by him and don't pay him any mind is like, uh, no, I'm a, I'm a Roy and everything but name. And right there, it's like, oh, OK, so they're the same. Like mm. they're the same level, basically. It's just that yeah. they have the name, so they carry themselves differently. But it's it's ultimately about people that you don't really want to root for, who aren't nearly as smart as they think they are. Uh, but because of that, it becomes really compelling for how they get into and then yeah. out of problems. And I think it's really smart how they place this family in the real world. So there's a scene, and I'll keep spoilers out of this, but there's a scene in season four where they do something with an election. And up until that point, I'd kind of questioned why they were why they were even having an election in the show but there's a scene where they're in the car all together the family the, the siblings and protesters run by and they kind of like bang on the car and they all gonna they all get a start they all gonna go oh right okay and then they just go back to their lives and that's to show you that what they are doing in their lives and their little bubble has like real world implications and just like little things like that i think are very smartly written and as i say mm-hmm. ha- the show has something to say and it holds a mirror up to the world essentially yeah i think i, th- I agree with everything you've both said so far and i think i particularly agree with the british sensibilities that it has graham and like things like in the loop and veep which are all very british as well like the even the set piece with cousin greg when he gets like does he get like chili sauce or something in someone's eye and then he's trying the to get out or something the wasabi that's right it's wasabi so like that whole set piece is very british and you could imagine that being in veep or something like that as well like so there's a lot of little moments like that which are wonderful i think but then like but like in the real world side of things like i can absolutely think a dumb television executive would land on we here for you as a slogan <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's, that's there's just so many of those moments that are like i feel like that actually happened in real life yeah. and they just kind of stole that and used it on the show um in terms of soccer tie-ins mm. with the show the only one i could think of was the moment when roman tries to impress his father hearts. Mm-hmm. by buying him hearts for his birthday but he is not a hearts fan he's a hips fan graham which is a lovely <laughs> moment indeed and it produces one of the funniest lines of the whole show i'm not i i don't even know how to say it with without swearing so i'm not <laughs> we even can, gonna we bother can bleep. we can bleep if you have to <laughs> so it's essentially uh, um, logan saying oh, uh, how should I know which team I support? Maybe I support Kobarnik, or maybe I support Colchester Rangers. <laughs> which is just an incredible name for a team. That should be an MLS franchise name. Uh, I think my favorite thing about that, I know we got to get into our 11s, but I just love that like right there, that's just so revealing in a number of different ways, the obvious ones. But then also, like Logan is a huge fan but then also has clearly never talked about them never watched any games with his kids never watched any games around his kids such that they would know which club he supports but when they get it wrong rather than taking that in any way as like oh i didn't really watch games with them oh i should take him to a game it's just like you idiot that's not you should know this how do you not know this about me logan roy a tough one a tough one but you could also read that as roman being so far in his own little world that he didn't pay attention to all the games that his dad showed him as a kid there's there's, there's a couple things, of things can be two things there's a couple right. of readings indeed indeed <laughs> there's um, also a great scene when he turns up to training as well that that's a great scene oh, and he yeah. gives the gives the speech to the hearts players fantastic oh, tv very uh wrexham with a uh, tall guy who wrexham got to go and speak to him they all laughed at yeah him. that whole good. season is is a lot of ripped from the headlines somewhat because there's the whole super league aspect then but then don't they then go to i don't think it's saudi arabia in the show maybe it's turkey in the show where then they're sort of detained in a hotel for a while because there's a semi-coup happening which is by all accounts what 
uh, MBS did when he consolidated they were power vacuum in Saudi Arabia. Their innards, I think Roman says. They're going to vacuum out their innards <laughs> and fill them with concrete. <laughs> he might have done that. I don't know. But he definitely did and maybe still had family members in prison, quote unquote, in, in a five star hotel for like a year or two. Uh, so I think there are. Definitely some real-world comparisons for things uh, along the way. But we don't need to talk about real things. We need to talk about uh, making a Fantasy Eleven, which we should note is definitely not based on actual soccer ability. You can incorporate physical when you want to, uh, but I don't think having Logan Roy play soccer would be a very good idea. Certainly not by the end of the season. Indeed. Uh, Series, rather. We've been talking so long, we should take a quick break. So when we come back, we're going to get straight in to our Succession Elevens. Back shortly. F off! Total Soccer Show, welcome back. Now, Taylor, I've got to admit, I found it really hard to put this 11 together. Uh, we've each done our own 11s, and we're going to go through them piece by piece. My, my rule I put on myself was that all four Roy kids had to be in the team. Mm. It's hard because they and many other characters are very flawed and don't have mm. <laughs> much expertise that you could apply to soccer. Luckily, so are footballers. Indeed, indeed. Uh, I also um, I have a, a coach in my team. Uh, who may be, may or may not be the main patriarch who we've mentioned before mm. as so well. Mm. I mean, I do, I do not have a coach because I found this tricky because there, it is a large-ish cast, but I think so many people don't really have defining characteristics one way or the other. That there's a few that it's hard, like they feel like they should be in there because they've been in so many episodes, but at the same time. I don't really have a ton to say about them. So I, I did. I initially did not have all four Roy siblings. I do now. I do now. Oh, wow. Late substitution. I like to hear it. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Let's start off with the goalkeeper position. I'll get the ball rolling. My goalkeeper, listener, is Colin Stiles, Logan's uh, long-term Ooh. bodyguard, maybe Logan Roy's only friend as well. I have leaned on the physical nature of things here, Taylor. Big man, big hands. His job is to keep everybody safe and to protect the house. Colin Styles, goalkeeper. Uh, I, I always find it weird that that guy's name is Colin. I did not know his last name was Styles. No, is that a combination that. of Colin Mockery and Ryan Styles? Because if so, again, that guy's name should be something way more sinister than Colin Styles for uh, who he is and what he personifies. The wiki has surnames I didn't know, including Jerry's, which we can get to later as well. Right there with you. Right yeah. there with you. My goalkeeper would be one who reflects the idea that goalkeepers are a bit of an odd breed. They tend to do things on their own. They train away from the team. My goalkeeper is Connor Roy. Uh, Has the height we want. Uh, Has very little backbone, so I assume he's flexible to make saves. Won't be playing friendlies in Somalia or any of the Sloves, but will play in North Korea. That's his dedication. (laughs) He said of himself, I'm a plant that grows on rocks and lives on insects that die inside of me. That sounds like a man who will live the hard life of a goalkeeper in isolation. We will need to insert a clause into his contract that stipulates no ranch stuff, a.k.a. no dancing of little jigs, because then he'll break his arm and not be able to play. Uh, I will have Willa, uh, his wife, Paramore, uh, escort, uh, as his goalkeeper coach to provide him with constant uh, praise to keep him on track. But he does have the name recognition and a built-in supporter base of at least or close to 1%. So, Colin Roy, uh, Connor Roy, excuse me, is my goalkeeper. I like it. Yeah, that's a good shout. He also says that he can survive without love, and it feels like goalkeepers are the least loved 
possession on a football pitch. So yeah, good show. <laughs> nice. Graham, where did you go? <laughs> Forgot about that. So I, I did go in a different direction. I do like the, the Connor shout though. I went for Lucas Matson just because he's got big goalkeeper energy. Um, having him as my number one, kind of a bit eccentric. And they always say goalkeepers are a bit of a different breed. Um, I can also sort of imagine Ederson sending blood in the mail to people. Seems like something uh, he would do. <laughs> so yeah. And also Matson's like, he's a coder. He's, he's good with his hands, um, which is more than can be said for David De Gea at the moment so yeah Matson is my goalkeeper he just ha- he just has like goalkeeper vibes doesn't it doesn't he the, go- the the gold jacket that he wears to the party I'm pretty sure I've seen uh, Manuel Neuer wear a similar one he does a lot of head games I think goalkeepers have to like like on penalties especially I could see Matson doing some some clever things to put the shooter off or exactly. just throwing a, a brick of blood which is I believe <laughs> yeah. what he calls it at the player <laughs> we see Matson looking at his water bottle to look at notes and how to obtain Oyster Royco little notes to uh, how to <laughs> negotiate very interesting i like that i like those picks um let's go to the defense shall we taylor would you like to start with the fullbacks sure or? uh so usually when i build these there is some consideration for the relationships in the show and then how i want them to to fit into the team itself so with that in mind this will make more sense as we go but greg hirsch is my right back uh as the Norwegians described him, six and a half feet of pure nepotism, an inbred <laughs> Habsburg giant. Um, and he does have that height. So he, I think he's going to be able to cover a lot of ground. He made a 12-hour car ride in silence to pick up his grandfather, who seems to hate him. Uh, so he will, again, cover ground uh, voluntarily. He'll do what he's told. He is sort of capable of holding his own if you give him time to figure it out. But for the most part, you can just say, do this, and he'll do the thankless work and fire what appear to be 400 people in a Zoom meeting without taking any questions. Um, and he will, of course, <laughs> request that we all call him Gregory. He wants Gregory on the back of his shirt, but he is getting Egg on the back of his shirt instead. That's what the name will be. Uh, for Greg the Egg, Greg Hirsch is my right back. Very nice. Uh, Graham, you're right back. So I've gone for Roman Roy. Um, I have to have him somewhere on the right wing for obvious reasons. Uh, he made his politics clear throughout the show. I can't quite put my finger on what it is exactly, but I think it's because Roman has the, the build and even the temperament of a fullback over a winger. So, he, so he's, uh, he's my right back. I just have a feeling that he'd be in the, he'd be in the ear of the opposition attackers with oh, little yeah. quips and jokes all the way through the match. And so I want him as part of my defense, but obviously with his physical build, I'm maybe not having him as a central defender. So yeah, he's my right back. I like it. Very good. Um, I have gone for, uh, Roy fullbacks in total. So my right back is a Roy that hasn't been mentioned yet. Kendall Roy. Um, someone, who likes to think he's in control but often loses it when he least expects it. I've got, like, Kyle Walker energy, I think, there a little bit. So that's why I put him as a, as a right-back particularly. Also, at the risk of spoiling, you've probably seen the screen go, Taylor. This doesn't spoil too much. But in the final scenes uh, of, of succession, Colin is just off his shoulder watching him, like a good goalkeeper watching his right-back. So he's just behind him on the off his shoulder. <laughs> Ultimately, he ends up right-back where he started at the end as well. Kind oh, of a spoiler there. there. There you go, there you go, there you go. Also, at the end, Graham, he's benched. He's benched. So, um, you know, he, he, this, is, this is the last position I filled on my team. So he might get benched here as well. Maybe Stewie gets a run out at right-back at some point. We'll see uh, how this team plays out. So yeah, Kendall Roy as my right back. My left back, Connor Roy, who's been mentioned before. And as I mentioned, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to pick on this team because many characters are weak or flawed. 
Conroy is both. Uh, he was left back in the presidential nominations. He was left back in his own family business. But when it comes to... He's, he's left back when it comes to being the eldest son. I love whenever Kendall's like, I'm the <laughs> I'm oldest the eldest here. Son. And Connor has to quietly be like, oh, I'm the oldest. Yeah. But I think he's got some good uh, left back tendencies. When it comes to claiming possession of something, like, say, his father's possession with a sticker. He's got all the pace and determination in the world that's needed. He can get up that flank. He can work the channel when he needs to. So my right, uh, my fullbacks, uh, Kendall Roy at right back, Connor Roy at left back, the Roy partnership on either flank. Wonderful stuff. Good. I've gone for another Roy at left back. So I've gone for uh, Shiv at left back. So if I have Roman... Uh-huh. On the right wing, I have to have Shiv on the left wing to even You all are out. insane, by the way, for where you're putting these people. I'm just putting that out there right now. <laughs> Go ahead. I have to have her at left back to even out Roman, just like she evens out the, the Roy family. A, a good fullback knows when to attack and when to, def- when to defend and fall back, and I think Shiv does that. Also, she's got Scottish lineage, so that automatically makes her a good left back. It's her, it's her birthright. I have to have one of the Roys at, at left back. Okay, Taylor. Uh, my left back is Lucas Matson. I think we've all now mentioned him. He was one who, when I last was watching the show, was not on it, and then very quickly uh, found his way into my 11. First off, unrelated, uh, it's just nice to hear what Alexander Skarsgård's actual voice sounds like, because I've only ever heard him do an American accent. Is that it? I've never... I'm assuming that's what he... I mean, okay. maybe it's maybe he's playing it up a little bit, but I'm assuming that is what his actual voice sounds like. Uh, so that was cool to hear. Uh, but yes, Lucas Matson, physically imposing, seems uninterested in things unless he's fully dominating them, will not be distracted by glitz and glamour, and is completely unfamiliar with failure, apparently. So that's good. That's how he introduces himself. Knowing, like, in a half second how to hit Kendall with the idea that he gutted Volter means he does his opposition research, he comes prepared, does not let human emotions get in the way of what he wants, which is uh, total victory. And when they try to do the, the Scooby-Doo end-around of making it seem like the company is failing so he won't buy them, he sniffs it out almost immediately and then calls them on it. So he's going to stay with his eyes on the prize. He's not going to get caught in any sort of opposition feints or attacking bluffs or false nine maneuvers. He's just going to do exactly what needs to be done, which is win at all costs. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. All right, so we've done the goalkeepers. We've done the fullbacks. Graham, should we head to the centre-back positions of our teams? Yeah, indeed. My first centre-back, I've gone for Cousin Greg, Greg the Egg, as a centre-back, largely because Nicholas Braun, who who plays him, is six foot five, so that is helpful for yep. a centre-back, very yep. tall. And also, Greg's entire purpose in the company is to do the dirty work and clean, clean things up, so I'm having him as as a as my sweeper and he will make a clearance from inside the box or destroy a bunch of incriminating documents, whatever you like. He, Greg will do it if you tell him to do it. And I'm having him alongside Tom. I can't split up the disgusting brothers. I have to have them as a partnership <laughs> in my team. In my team, they have to be the core of the team, just as they're the core of uh, Waystar Royco, the true spirit of the grift. Also, Matthew McFadden, who plays Tom, also quite tall, six foot two. Mm-hmm. So the two of them work together. I also think Tom fancies himself as a bit of a leader, a bit of a captain. I'm not sure he's a good leader. He doesn't quite have the natural quality and gravitas of a leader. You're not so, sure he's a good leader? <laughs> okay, I'm definitely sure <laughs> that he's go. not a good leader. I am getting very strong Harry Maguire vibes from Tom, wow. so centre back it is. Captain leader legend Tom Wamsgans. I can just ma- imagine the uh, banners. Uh, I presume you play for Chelsea, Stanford Bridge now. Wonderful, wonderful <laughs> stuff there. I like that you've gone for a pairing who work together there as well. Can you ma- I can imagine sort of supporting each other even sometimes that they don't want to as well. 
Very yeah, good. it's a sort of, as I say, Maguire, like Maguire Lindelof sort of thing, like mm. kind of like each other, kind of hate each other. <laughs> I, I just totally picture like Greg giving up an easy goal and then Tom like sarcastically saying like, way to go, idiot. And Greg yeah. being like, really? I did good? And it would just be very uh, confusing back and forth. I'm, I'm here for that. That would be fun. Yeah, in the well, dressing room, just Tom throwing bottles of water at Greg, yes. like in the, yes, exactly. in, in the panic room. In <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea, they're in the wrong dressing room. This isn't the real panic room. I mean, the real dressing room. Yeah. Should that door be open? <laughs> Insisting that you have to break a few Gregs to make a tomlet as they oh, uh, get so back good. into the so uh, <laughs> into the dressing room. <laughs> good pairing, Graham. That's the idea when Greg says he is not is it Greg who says he's not sure if he knows Tom Wamsgans and Tom Wamsgans is sitting directly behind him in the current congressional <laughs> meeting? Is that how yeah, it goes? Yeah, it's Tom who says he doesn't know. There it doesn't is. know Greg, <laughs> and then he tries to reason it like I, I I thought you said I didn't know of him, but yes, I I know him. Yeah, <laughs> amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I've also gone for a pairing in my centre backs who go together very well: Frank and Hugo, Frank Vernon and Hugo Baker surnames wonderful stuff so that's the coo and the senior comms executive at waste Rico. a classic pairing if i don't say so myself uh rarely seen without one another particularly in season three when hugo seems to take a slightly bigger role they often have to protect the bottom line they protect the house just like colin you know you know and they're often the stability in the room as well when the when the flair players are out doing their thing taking risks you can rely on frank and hugo to be a bit of stability mm. there but hugo not afraid to go rogue occasionally move further up the pitch when needed see the machiavellian behavior at the funeral for example frank he's got that kind of mentor role for the younger team members maybe looking after roman maybe you know a bit of old guard flavor i've gone for here taylor so frank and hugo my center like back it. rocks uh, I like that a lot. I do not like my performance so far because I've already gotten one thing wrong. Uh, I had Lucas Matson as my left center back. I should have uh, read that more clearly, not my left back. Uh, so Lucas Matson, because of his height, I threw him in there and the ruthlessness as the center back. I had Frank, uh, Frank Vernon, Francis Vernon, uh, as my left back because similar to Greg, he's just going to do what he's told. And so I'm just going to tell him, get forward sometimes, stay back and be defensive other times, and he'll just be like, sure, whatever you want, just please don't berate me publicly anymore. Won't agitate for moves, won't demand responsibilities for fear of getting slapped down. I think Frank also finds himself doing some bore on the floor activities, so I think after that, after that humbling, he won't, like, balk at any sort of training. He won't care about the beep test, because it isn't bore on the floor, and he does wear compression socks when he travels, so you know he's taking care of himself. <laughs> uh, but I had Lucas Matson as the center back, and I had Marsha Roy as my other center back, because oh, she seems to be formidable formidable exactly everyone seems to just shrink when they're around her everybody talks a big game until marsha roy shows up and then they all get very quiet and they all kind of nervous no one seems to know how to handle her and so i think any attacker who comes near her is just going to give her the ball and be like it's fine I, I didn't want it anyway whatever it's okay you can just have it um she will of course command sizable fees we saw that with her representation <laughs> mino raiola uh, has nothing on her representation for how she's going to get money, but it's worth it because she's going to make everybody shrivel and panic. And if she doesn't, then Lucas Matson will uh, terrify them and intimidate them. Uh, but I think that center back pairing is enough to shut down any attacker. Oh, can you imagine going in for a 50-50 with Marsha Roy? You'd never win it. Never. She, she, would, even, she would just be like, is that really what you want to do? You want to go in for this 50-50? And she's like, no, never mind. No, I'm just going to pass. Thanks. Oh, wonderful stuff. All right, so that's the defense and the goalkeepers taken care of. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to get to the meat of the team, the midfield and the strikers. Back shortly. Ever off. 
Total Soccer Show, welcome back to our Succession special. We're going through our 11s. Hope you're enjoying the ride so far, listener. Let's go to the wings, the wide midfielders, as Taylor Rocco enjoys calling them. Where would you like yeah. to start, T Rock? Is that how you all went? Because I did end up sort of changing up my shape. I've gone 4 3 3. Oh. I've gone 4 3 3 as well. Darn it. 4 4 2. Okay. All right. English. So, so I think. I think uh, how do you want to do it, Ryan? Do you want to run through all your midfielders, or do you want to do your wides first, and Graham and I can do some midfields? You, you just, you just give us a name, Taylor. Okay. <laughs> uh, my main, my primary holding midfielder is Jerry Kelman. Uh, damage control, steering a sinking ship without complaint is what a good defensive midfielder does, and also what Jerry does on a regular basis. She's basically N'Golo Kante uh, for Waystar Royco up to a point. Uh, hustles behind the scenes to clean up messes, puts out fires before they happen. Generally does so calmly, rationally, and without panic. She can navigate the insanity of being in close contact with Roman Roy, so not much is going to face her on a pitch, and she's only interested in going on the offensive when she has to or when she's sort of forced into it. Uh, she's otherwise content to kind of stay back and do the uh, the damage control, do the work behind the scenes. I feel like she would be the ideal defensive midfielder, especially with who my other midfielders yeah. are going to be. I, I feel like Jerry is one of the few sort of competent people on the show, and I yeah. feel like having her in central midfield would, would be a good idea. Stabilizing is what I was thinking. Uh, for that reason, I have picked... Jerry Kelman yeah. as my central, one of my central midfielders. Uh, the holding midfielder, as you have as well, Taylor, for the exact same reasons. The adult in the room keeps everything in balance, has that authority and the calmness, the, the ability to fend off unwanted advances, Roman Roy, yeah. uh, can go in for the attack when needed. The, the, the Steven Gerrard role, perhaps I call her, maybe, occasionally slips up, but always recovers. There we go. <laughs> I'm laughing at the burn on Steven Gerrard and the analogy. Well done, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. Uh, so we both, uh, both of us, Graham, have uh, Jerry in our midfield. Do you? No, I don't. Jerry is in my team, but not in central midfield. I have got Stewie in central midfield. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. I need a valve in central midfield, someone who can conduct moves and someone who can go both ways, a, a two-way operator. And that is essentially... Uh, that's essentially Stewie's entire role in, in the whole series. Um, also, I think I might have mentioned this earlier in the week on the show. I'm really taken with how good he looks in a roll neck, and so I need oh, that yeah. quality for the overall the overall menswear that's, that's of, the, of this team. See, I have Stewie in a roll neck in a different capacity. Uh, but doing a lot of the sort of legwork for me uh, was Tom Wamsgans. So I've got... Jerry is sort of my holding midfielder, but on the left side, it's like a double pivot. So she's the left-sided uh, defender, and then Tom is on the right side of the defensive midfield pairing. Uh, so that puts him in close proximity to Greg. Greg was my right back. But then uh, when you know who my number 10 is, you can sort of see what I'm building towards here. If you've got Jerry and then Tom doing a lot of the thankless legwork and getting berated constantly, Logan Roy is going to be my number 10. Uh, so Tom, as we see in the later seasons, is just sort of willing to do whatever Logan needs, and I think that's what a good number 8 is going to do. He's going to do all the all the work that the number 10 doesn't want to do so the number 10 can just do what he wants. Um, I also imagine Tom would be good on the defensive side of things because as a set piece is coming in or as he's marking somebody, he's just going to whisper in their ear things like, I'd castrate you and marry you in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. You can't make a Tomlet without breaking a few Gregs. And of course, King of Edible Leaves, His Majesty the Spinach. He's just going to say random stuff like that that is going to completely uh, put people off. And, and also, 
I can picture in a like like a no nonsense midfielder like Roy Keane, if Roy Keane were into poetry, saying something like, "I have of late decided not to tarry too much with hope." Uh, that feels like something a good midfielder needs. They don't need hope. They don't need optimism. They're just about getting the job done uh, and also being uh, a crazy person along the way. So you've got Tom in behind Logan, right? Despite yeah. the fact that Tom might eat Logan's chicken. Yes, uh, yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that is. You got to keep them away in dining facilities, uh, and and also you don't want Tom there to see how Logan reacts to yeah. any gifts that he's been given. But otherwise, yeah, I think it could work. What, wow. What's next? A my potato salad. <laughs> Goodness me, the bleep the bleep well, buttons Logan coming out in force today. Yeah, no. yeah. Or because of Graham, it's uh, so difficult. <laughs> we've got a, a strong spine to your team there, Terry. I like I like your thinking on that one definitely. And now all I can think of is doing a roll neck like coming off the Man City bus, like with like Gundogan behind him and, you know. So I had, I, I'm with you. I had Stewie as one of my midfielders because I think he is sort of the glue, but he, he is gone from so many episodes for so long. He's kind of instrumental at times and then falls off and then comes back. But I, I have him as my manager because you want him in that roll neck on the sidelines, but he's also very disinterested in so much of the personal stuff and will completely withdraw, but also puts in little comments. He just feels like a, a young Carlo Ancelotti who knows sort of how to motivate people, how to give backhanded compliments to kick people on. Uh, Stewie is my manager. I'll spoil that one ahead of time. Very nice. Uh, Graham, have you, you've given us your central midfielder, haven't you? No, I've, I've got two more because I'm in a 4-3-3. So Go I've ahead. got Frank and Carl um, in my midfield. I have to have them as a, a pairing. You mentioned, was it Frank and Hugo, yeah. right, Ryan, yeah. as a pairing? For me, Frank and Carl is like the two peas in a pod yeah. of this show. So I, Sitting outside I, of the sauna. Yeah, exactly. Like, like what is it, ducks in the window, peeking yes, ducks in the window. Ducks, yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to have Frank and Carl as a partnership. I've really leaned into the sort of partnerships with Greg and Tom and, my, and Central Defence, and now I've got Frank and Carl in Central Midfield. They're kind of a bit of a veteran pairing like a Kroos and Modric sort of thing probably should have been phased out by now but they're, they're, they're still here and still central to the whole operation wonderful stuff all right uh, in my 442 Lester remind you uh, pairing with central midfielder Jerry Kelman I've gone for Lucas Matson. I think we've all picked Lucas Matson now owner of Gojo as we know sender of bad tweets as we know but a person who gets it done, who makes progress, who actually makes the magic happen. So where you've got the Jerry Kelman in the holding midfield, sort of more defensive role, I'm seeing Lucas as the creative, the Kevin De Bruyne of the team, has the power to make the changes, isn't scared of taking a long shot like Kevin De Bruyne. There we go. He's creative and Central European. <laughs> well done. Yeah, and I feel like, did you have Logan Roy as your manager, right? I do, I do. Yeah, so I don't know if anyone saw that clip of Kevin De Bruyne a few weeks ago in the Champions League, like, telling Pep Guardiola to, like, shut up. Did anyone see that? Like, Pep mm-hmm. Guardiola was on the touchline screaming at De Bruyne, and De Bruyne's leaning, like, turning back and going, shut up, shut up. And I feel like Lucas Matson is maybe one of the only people, like, he can hold his own against Logan Roy. So I feel like that, that comparison was. Yeah, unintimidated. Very good, very good. Graham, would you like to talk about any wide midfielders you have? Yep, so I have Connor Roy on uh, the right wing. Obviously, I have to have him on the right wing. His boots are on the chalk. He's so far to the right wing. I also think Connor Roy is a bit of a luxury player. He doesn't necessarily have an influence on the whole match, but when he has a scene, he usually steals it. He is a bit of a difference maker. Also, Anthony cost my United 100 million, and Connor spent 100 million on his election campaign. Mm-hmm. The productivity of both of those outlays obviously being pretty questionable. So, yeah, Connor's my right winger. Wow, very nice. Taylor, where did you go? 
Uh, so I have that like kind of I basically have a four two one three because I have two midfielders who do the job of supporting that number ten who's going to pull all the strings he's going to make everything happen that is Logan Roy uh, who will send donuts to opponents to remind them he's watching and waiting I don't know how sending donuts to your kids causes them to just self destruct but it absolutely <laughs> does that's the type of game playing he's capable of doing. He's physically there even when he isn't, like when he's standing outside of a boardroom watching during a vote, or even inside the boardroom when he's not supposed to be there, actively participating. Uh, You can't get rid of him. He's always going to be around. Knows how to find even the tiniest weaknesses in people's defenses and then exploit them expertly. He did grow up watching either Hearts or Hibs. It's still unclear. (laughs) Uh, So he knows how the game works. And when you talk about like talismanic attackers of the past, there's always the, the, the crazy quotes like Johan Cruyff's, before I make a mistake, I don't ma- make that mistake. The future is real, the past is all made up, and everything everywhere is always moving forever, get used to it. Those feel like the, uh, the quotes from signature attacking players. So Logan Roy operating at the heart of my, at my midfield, the midfield creator, and then with the three ahead of him, you see how he's going to be sort of motivating everybody in the attack to do better, to do more, and to be better than their other attackers around them. Oh, do you want your number 10 barking at everybody, though, Taylor? I mean... Bruno Fernandes does it. Yeah, yeah exactly. There you go. There <laughs> you whining. Go. Whining is what I meant, yeah. <laughs> they have the same tattoo as well. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. All right. Yeah, my central midfield pairing, as I mentioned, was Matson and Jerry. I'll go through my left wing and right wing, if you'll indulge me. I've gone for a bit of a unique choice on the left wing. Graham, I've gone for Roman Roy, left wing. Because I did that too. I did that too. He's an inverted right winger. He's inverted. He has right wing tendencies, but doesn't actually care about the right wing all that much at all. He only cares about being a sassy playboy, basically. So I'm inverting him to the left. I think he can be creative and have the best chance. You know, left wing. If I'm thinking of a of a of a, of a position on the soccer field where you can have the most license to make mistakes, I'm arguing it's on the wings. And left wing is yeah. where Roman Roy can constantly make mistakes, be creative. Blow up a rocket. Exactly. Have, have the chance of recovery, basically. I love how I was so sure in that season when that rocket blows up that, like, that's the end of Roman. Like, there's no chance. And it just that sets the stage for, no, nothing really matters. They can have the biggest mistakes ever unless they're Kendall. Uh, and then they'll just keep being around. And even Kendall will keep being around. Ryan, I also had Roman Roy as my left winger, mostly because my right winger is Shiv Roy. And I think they're just going to flip sides on occasion. I also think the two of them work the best together. I really like how they play off of each other. I like that even though they destroy each other and are super mean at the same time, there are moments in the show when they have kind of quiet conversations where you can tell they're actually kind of respecting each other's opinion and figuring each other out. And Shiv herself uh, starts off as very left wing, but then proves that she'll kind of flip or move more central as the situation requires. So I like the idea of them flipping sides uh, as need be. Um, I think Roman Roy will definitely break the other team's collective spirit. Uh, he will belittle them until they make a mistake or aggressively foul him and get booked. I think he's going to draw a lot of cards, Roman Roy, on the left wing. Uh, and he does project a lot of attacking strength, but I think is very weak when you test his defenses. So we're going to keep him in the attack to accentuate uh, his his positives. There you go. We landed on the same page on that one, Tater. Very yes, good sir. to hear. Uh, so left, for me, left wing, Roman Roy, Roman Roy, easy for me to say, right wing, this is, I think, my most controversial pick. Tom Wamsgans is my right winger. I think because he's, he's not diminutive, Graham, as you mentioned. He's six foot a million, as you mentioned. But he's my captain. He's my captain. He's my right wing. He's my captain. 
He is the leader of ATN, therefore, ergo, hence, he's pretty right-wing. He's tenacious to go in his efforts through the right channels to get where he wants to be, right? Moves through the right channels Mm -hmm. to get where he needs to be. Climbs like a snake. There you go. So for me, he is the perfect right-winger. Terrible human, but perfect right-winger for me, Taylor. When you said, sorry to jump in, Taylor, when you said you were going to go controversial with your right winger, I thought you were going to name like that guy called Ravenshead or whatever, like the literal oh, yeah. Nazi. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who's, the guy you who's read Mein Kampf more than once yeah. you, for the Easter some, eggs. Some, some Easter eggs you didn't pick up the first time through? That's one of Tom's best scenes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Okay. Uh, um, uh, the, the other thing about Tom, really quickly, like, is the joke that he is actually a liberal and then just has completely compromised his values uh, to be in the Roy family and to marry Shiv? Because Shiv, again, is like liberal when the show starts and I think theoretically is when the show ends. But Mondale is the dog's name. Yeah. Mondale was Jimmy Carter's running mate, I believe. So to have a dog named after the vice president or the vice president of like the most liberal president in U.S. history, I, I can't tell what the commentary is. I think his family is liberal when we meet them so i don't know what tom's whole background is but i think that's part of the chaotic charm yeah. that is tom wom's game he's he's a he's a weather vane right he just goes yes, whichever yes, way the, yes, the, the wind so. is blowing i mm. think so which is terrifying because then greg is like his weather vane so greg blows in whichever direction tom is blowing but tom blows in whatever direction anyone else wants him to blow so the two of them combined, the Disgusting Brothers. What more do you need? <laughs> I love how Greg, the Disgusting Brothers, is clearly a lift from Peep Show of the El Dude Brothers, by the way. Same writer. Yeah. I love indeed, how much yeah. Tom hates that name, too. <laughs> don't, don't call us that, please. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Greg, where have you gone next? Um, so on the left wing, I have to have Jerry as one of my attacking wingers. Um, she's near to the top. She, she can operate at the very top and has done it before, but her sort of natural place is kind of one step behind. So she's basically Marcus Rashford, essentially. Also, left wing is the furthest position away from right back, where I have Roman. So it's probably a good idea to keep Jerry and Roman apart, for, for Jerry's yeah. sake, of course. <laughs> Excellent stuff. All right. Um, I've, all I've got left of my two positions up front. Um, I've gone big man, little man. I've gone Peter Crouch, Jermaine Defoe. I've got Greg Hirsch and Shiv as my strikers up top here. So like Shiv kind of in the slightly number tennis role to support the main striker, Greg. And she's slightly left-sided as well, slightly left-leaning as we've uh, discovered here. And also she leans to the left so she can keep her distance from the right winger, Tom Wamsgans, when she needs to as well. I think you need like that killer instinct, that creativity in this role um, maybe she's the most serious of the least serious people as well, is Shiv as well. So I think she's going to see the field better than her siblings do, pull the strings, and ultimately end up up top. So Shiv in my sort of supporting striker role for Greg, the big man, the big man up top. He's bubbling and awkward, but also knows how to keep himself in the game. He's done very well in that respect. Gets more than enough support from the rest of his team to stay in that game as well. Also tends to get very good service from the right wing, from Tom, throughout the series as well. And uses that position to his advantage. So he basically becomes... (laughs) <laughs> there you go, there you go. He's veg-horsting his way to be uh, greater uh, than the sum of his parts, essentially. He scored the same number of goals from Manchester United, I think. Hey-o! Veghorst might have won, actually. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Taylor, is it, have you got your mm. up-top position to uh, tell us about? Uh, yeah, I mentioned I had Shiv Roy on the right. She can switch sides uh, with Roman, and I think you've you've 
nailed all the reasons why Shiv uh, belongs in the attack. Even if sometimes I think she's too confident in her own beliefs. So she might be the player who like sets up to take a free kick and then hits it straight into the wall or hits it 50 yards over the goal. But also sometimes will hit it, hit it perfectly into the top corner. As my number nine, I think based on who Graham has left, Graham and I have gone for the same number nine. Graham, do you have Kendall as your nine? Big Kendall. Yep. He's yes. My number nine. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I apologize if I dominate some talking points here. Uh, delusional in terms of his self-confidence and, and belief in his own abilities, which sounds like a big, big ego striker. So then the question is, which striker is he? Uh, we'll miss some chances when the pressure is on. Uh, but he can also be a big-time performer when he doesn't overthink things and when he kind of plays by instinct. I think that's what he does at the end of Season 2. It becomes clear he just kind of panicked and made that announcement. Uh, so I think when he is not sort of over-calculating, overthinking things, he's going to be good in front of goal, allows his father to be too involved in his life to the point where it hurts his reputation on the regular, flies off the rails on occasion, goes missing for stretches of time, overly focused on parties at inopportune moments, likes hip-hop, fashion, and sneakers. He is basically Neymar. So Kendall Roy is the Neymar of my team. Graham, do you concur? Yes, I do. I think it has to be Kendall Roy at number nine. Just as uh, a good centre-forward always wants scoring chances, Kendall always wants like the big moment. He wants the big speech about living plus concentration camps. He wants the deciding big shoes. vote big to... Shoes. Big yeah, shoes. exactly. And he wants the deciding oh. vote to beat his father in the boardroom, and he wants it all to be about him. Um, my thoughts are very aligned with uh, with Taylor's. Um, whether he actually converts those chances is another matter, so maybe he's a bit of an Alvaro Morata. Uh, I was outside, uh, like, in public. I had, the, I had it, uh, like, I was walking the dog, and I had it playing through my headphones, and when Kendall gave that speech, I yelled out loud, in the middle of my neighborhood, stop! Just stop when he did the big shoes. <laughs> big shoes. Like, just so uncomfortable. And I was like, oh, please, please don't let it stay like this. I can't handle his levels of discomfort. But maybe that's also, he'll, he'll make defenders physically uncomfortable, and they'll just walk away and let him do what he wants. There we go. All right. I think, has everyone made their picks now? I think that's our 11s. Is that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there and we go. Stewie is my coach. I think, um, I think this says a lot about the way we approach the game, the way we've approached these teams as well. I've gone for a 4-4-2 with a big man up top, and I've got an old man, Logan, as the boss, who's sort of a, who's going to cut out when relegation happens at the end as well. Um, and you, you guys have taken a more sophisticated approach, so maybe that says a lot about uh, the team I support and my approach. That said, I, I'm going to have a problem on the medical side of things because my doctor is the doctor who shows up to do family counseling and then dives headfirst into a shallow pool and breaks his teeth. <laughs> uh, he he is the level of competence I'm looking for when it comes to my medical technicians. <laughs> I forgot oh, about that bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's so much of this show I've forgotten. It's, that's a wonderful reminder. Uh, good stuff. Oh, should we go? Uh, let, why don't we go through our teams one more time before we get yeah. out of here? Uh, so for me, I've got Colin in goal, big hands, safe hands at the back. My centre backs are Frank Colin and Hugo Styles. I cannot believe his name is Colin Styles. I'm still trying to think of. He needs a character name from the Fast and Furious franchise to show off just how like badass and edgy he is. Not Colin Styles. I'm here to murder you for the good of Logan Roy. <laughs> he's got style. Uh, yeah, he's my goalkeeper. Frank and Hugo as my centre-backs. Connor and Kendall as my Roy uh, full-backs. Then going into my midfield, I've got Lucas and Jerry in the midfield playing their defensive and attacking roles respectively. My wingers are Roman Roy and Tom Wamsgans, my captain. Oh, captain. And up top, big man, little man, Greg and Shiv getting it done. Taylor, your team, one more time. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I had Connor Roy in goal. I had Greg Hirsch as my right back with uh, Francis Frank Vernon as my left back. Marsha Roy and Lucas Matson being a terrifying center back combo. Uh, my two more defensive midfielders would be Jerry Kilm- Kelman and Tom Wamsgans with Logan Roy ahead of them. Uh, pulling the strings for my front three, the three siblings. I want them all sort of interchanging positions because we know that uh, all of them want to be the main person, the central figure. So if you kind of let them rotate, sometimes Logan is your, or Kendall is your nine. Sometimes it's Shiv, sometimes it's Roman. But for the most part, Kendall, my number nine, Shiv Roy on the right, Roman Roy on the left. Magic. And one time, one more time for your team, Graham, please. So Lucas Matson in goal, big goalkeeper energy from him. And my centre backs are the disgusting, disgusting brothers, cousin Greg and Tom. So right good. back, Roman Roy. Left back, Shiv Roy. Central midfielders, Stewie, and then Frank and Carl. Right wing, Connor Roy. Left wing, Jerry. And then my number nine, Kendall Roy. Good stuff. Well, uh, congratulations, Graham and Taylor. I think you put together some excellent teams there. Listener, I hope you enjoyed this thoroughly meaningless but uh, entertaining (laughs) exercise that we've put on (laughs) for an hour of your time today. Taylor, any closing thoughts? You seem to have the best grip on this show because you've seen it most recently. Uh, I really enjoyed you laying uh, the quotes in for this one. It's a show, I don't know if this will make sense. It's a show that I think five or ten years ago I would have hated. Just because I think all the characters are so unlikable at points and so consistently. But when you kind of embrace that, and then that allows you to have moments when you root for the moments of humanity and the moments of little character growth, I think that that is excellent. But on top of that, it, it does sort of just remind you that, yes, they are all flying in helicopters and staying in the most luxurious resorts possible. But ultimately, they're all sort of living on the fly, figuring it out as they go. And when you know that this is based on the Murdoch family, on the Sumner Redstone family, a couple other ones in there too, uh, and a lot of other like real world, real world incidents, it's a reminder that like we, we don't necessarily need to venerate certain millionaires and billionaires. And instead, I don't know, it, it, it's one of the shows that makes me feel like, oh, this isn't my life. Like, it's just a, it's a nice, like, I'm just going to go sit outside in like a, a chair and grill some food and not have to potentially kill my father four different times over the series oh boy on that note taylor thank you very much for your contributions on this show i hope one day you you can have uh the the means to afford a kendall roy baseball cap that will never come (laughs) because uh that probably costs as much as little Messi's getting paid to play for miami indeed and graham ruffland thank you very much indeed for your time in this one i hope all the parties you attend in the future are more fun than the zero fun parties in most of this (laughs) series Thank you, thank you, Ryan Bailey. You definitely have a Kendall Roy baseball cap, don't you? That, that's the, the secret here. I think Lululemon's not good enough for Kendall Roy is the problem. It has to be <laughs> unbranded and look extremely expensive, basically. It's a right, whole got it. Yeah. I'll, I'll aspire to it one day. There we go. We all shall do that. Listener, I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, let us know uh, through whatever channels you wish to, uh, if you have any comments on this one, patreon.com slash Total Soccer Show for more chat and, and, and entrance to our Discord. But for now, thank you very much. Bye!